Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. When I last spoke to Erin B. Mee on Go See a Show, it was after seeing her show Pool Play 2.0, which appropriately took place in a pool. The new show conceived of and directed by me with her company, This Is Not A Theater Company, takes place in a similarly unique location, as well as at a very unique time. That location is the New York City subway along the 7, N, and L lines. And that time is, well, anytime you want to listen. Subway plays, as they're calling them, come to you via audio in an app created especially for this purpose. I listened to the seven-line play, then spoke with Aaron on the phone about this project. Take a listen. So welcome back to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's a, it's a different kind of podcast uh, this time, and I'm going to... Uh, well, we'll get into why we're doing this this way. It doesn't sound like a normal episode of Go See a Show, because we're on the phone and <laughs> recording our audio at separate ends uh, for a very good reason. But welcome back. Please introduce yourself. Who is speaking with me now? Erin uh, Mee, artistic director of This Is Not a Theater Company. And the director slash creator of? Subway Plays. Subway Plays. This is uh, the first time I've had an app uh, <laughs> that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, interviewing someone about. So th- this is uh, a really fun project and uh, definitely fits in with the mold, however, for um, independent theater and for what Go See a Show is talking about. So wh- how, would you des- how do you describe the subway plays. What are the subway plays? Well, I describe them as pod plays. Um, Did you coin that term? Because that's a great term. I didn't, actually. I believe it was coined by New World Theater in Canada. I teach at NYU, and I had a student, I was teaching a class, and at the end of the class he said, have you heard of pod plays? And I said, never. What is a pod play? And he introduced me to these site-specific audio plays that were being done by New World Theatre in Canada. So, and I only was able to hear a clip or two when I contacted them and they were able to send me um, the entire set. They did a whole series of them at one point. Um, And so they defined a pod play as a site-specific audio play. And they have one called Look Up, which invites you to look up instead of looking down at the pavement. They have one from the perspective of a dog, um, et cetera. And I I became (laughs) really fascinated. I hope you have to run around on all fours as you're listening to it, right? No, no, you don't. You realize as the (laughs) pod play goes on that you are the owner of the dog and you're out walking the dog. Ah, brilliant. Okay. (laughs) And the dog is talking to you. Um, Lovely. Yeah, and the dog sort of, you know, smells things you don't smell and wants to go places that you don't usually consider to be interesting to go to, you know. Um, And so it's kind of a wonderful shift in perspective. And I fell in love with the idea of the pod play. Now, I have to confess, I wasn't... um, There were some aspects of their plays that felt to me too much like audio tours. So, for example, they would say turn left here, turn right there. And I thought, I wonder if we could really actually do a pod play that um, wouldn't have to give you stage directions, where you could just be in the play and in the moment. Right, that this show is going to take you on a ride and enter the New York City subway. Exactly, exactly. 
And so I talked to Jesse Bear, my collaborator and the co-artistic director of This Is Not A Theater Company. And uh, we talked about where we wanted to do our first one and what we were going to experiment with. And we did a piece called Fairy Play, which is a site-specific audio play for the Staten Island Ferry. And Act 1 goes from Manhattan to Staten Island, and Act 2 goes from Staten Island back to New York. And we we learned a lot from doing that, and if you're interested, I can talk about all the lessons that we learned. But one of the... I, I discovered several really fascinating things that I had not known starting out. One was... Um, how fascinating it was to do a self-scheduled play. So uh, a play that you can do at six in the morning, at midnight, on Sunday afternoon. On... A play that your friends can't say like, oh, I'm busy at right. all your performance times. Right, uh, exactly. I'm so sorry, I have to miss it. Yeah, oh, well, really? Are you busy at midnight? Get on the bus <laughs> then. Or the ferry or the train or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. So it makes it more accessible, actually, um, to people. Fairy play was $1.99. So suddenly I also found that many people could afford to do it because it wasn't, you know, a $3,500 theater ticket. Right. And you don't have to dress up in a particular way or go to a... I mean, actually, you do have to go to a particular location because it is site-specific. But, but, but you uh, can go whenever you want. You can go whenever you want. And there's something really freeing about that, I think. Um, the other thing that I that we tried very hard to do in fairy play, and we worked very hard to replicate in subway plays, is a sort of mix between the the recording. Obviously, is fixed and it doesn't change, but the environment changes radically depending on the time of day or your experience of it, your mood, what you have for breakfast. Who else is on the train with you, the exactly. weather. Yeah, there's a ton of different exactly. variables. Um, the time of year, you know, whether you're doing it in the summer or the winter, whether the subway is air-conditioned or not, whether you're doing it at rush hour or when the train is empty. So we were, what we wanted to do was create a piece that could, in a way, the, the experiencer... Um, the audience member, um, mixes the live experience with the recorded experience and creates right. an experience that is unique to them. And I, so, so there's something kind of John Cage about it too, I think. Well, it's, it's lovely because it's so funny. I mean, uh, listeners to the podcast won't hear, won't hear this component of, uh, our, conversation but uh before we turned on the mic we were talking about performance studies and it sounds like uh this is where our uh our shared um background in performance studies really starts to come into play in terms of your practice of creating a piece of audio drama exactly yeah i think it I, you know everything i do i think is very influenced by um my time at performance studies and what i absorbed and learned there and uh the people that i was speaking to yeah very much so. So I want to get into uh, a little bit about the practicality of making these plays. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you make something like this in terms of, uh, you know, I, I listened to um, most of the seven line play right. uh, earlier today. I live on the seven, so of course that was my my go to. It started at Times Square. I listened to it on the way out to seventy fourth, and then listened to the seventy fourth back to Manhattan, just back to my apartment. Uh -huh. um, so. 
I was really surprised at how well it timed out, uh, which was really fun. You know, like uh, there's a reference to five points, which is beautiful, and it's you know some a character's talking about oh we. A little while ago, we went by what would have been five points. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's perfectly well-timed. Um, and then there was a quote about, like, look for the stained glass as I pulled into 40th Street Station. So right. it, it timed out really well, but we all know how infamously bad the MTA is. Um, so so how do you account for the practical, you know, day-to-day trains running sort of issues did you did you just average out times and and like run run these routes multiple times and then average out the times um how do you fit a play into a non-specific uh yeah. <laughs> um environment that this is, is kind of constantly be be changing this is a great question uh the thing about fairy play uh that turned out to be a little easier is that the ferry ride is almost always 18 and a half minutes so that was fairly constant, give or take five seconds. The subway, as you know, uh, can almost never be counted on. Uh, Especially to this summer. Place. Yeah, I mean, it's weird yes. that we're recording this in 2017, and that's been a, a lot of uh, the conversation recently on the news and right. among social media is how terrible the MTA has been. So I was just really impressed with how well it timed out. How'd you make it work? Well, uh, Jenny Lynn rode the seven train a number of times before she started writing. And then our process was that we collect, we cast all the actors, got them in a room, read all of the plays and record, did a scratch recording. Then we took the recording on the subway and listened to it. And I took notes for the actors and we all took notes for each other. And, you know, we think we need to pause there. We need to cut this line. We need to rearrange this. We need to, you know, this didn't time out well. Let's move that over there. Um, and then all the playwrights, because there are three playwrights. And so each of them had about a week or two weeks, maybe three. I forget exactly what the timing was, but two or three weeks to do rewrites. Then we did another scratch recording with the entire cast. Um, and we took that on the subway and listened to it. Um, and made some more changes and rewrites. And then our sound designer said, well, instead of recording this straight through, let's record each kind of group or couple or family. Um, because then what she was able to do was sort of add a pause here, take out a pause there, overlap right. some things. it around to fit the right amount of time. And then I would say we must have ridden the subway. I mean, between Jenny Lynn and Natalie and I, <laughs> um, I'm not even sure I can count that high. Um, because we thought we would sort of do this quickly and it would take six months and we'd put it out and it just became, it's much more complicated because of it being the subway. So right. we would ride it and there was, I would call Jenny Lynn and I would say, oh my gosh, it's 10 minutes too short. She would say, really? And then I would get on the train three days later, and it would be three minutes too long. And I would call her and say, no, 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 wait, we have to cut. And then <laughs> she said, wait, but I thought you had to, you know, you wanted me to write more. And so it was, um, and finally doing it again and again and again and again and again and making changes each time, we, you know, figured out how to make it time out. Um, and the other thing that um, we did, which we did fairly deliberately, was to think about windows of time. So right. nothing 
in the seven train, for example, is designed to time exactly to the second. Um, so if we say something about stained glass windows and it happens somewhere around 40th Street, you will either have just seen them or you will be about to see them and that line will make sense. Um, five points will happen somewhere, you know, within a minute or two of uh, riding past that spot. Right. So, so it doesn't necess- it still works if it's a minute or two off. Now, there are in the app instructions that if the train gets seriously delayed, you should pause the recording and then start it again uh, when the train starts. But also in the app, uh, instructions are notes about pay attention to what's around you. Mm-hmm. If you miss if you miss what's happening in the play, don't worry about it. Right. Um, that's part of the experience. Uh, it seems like a lot of the play is about mindfulness in many yes. ways. Can mm-hmm. you just talk about that a little bit? Like what inspired you to make because that feels to to me, at least to the you know sixty percent of the play that I've heard so far, that seems to be the the main kind of thrust of the play is just be where you are in right. the moment. Is that is that what you were going for? Just can you yes. just talk about that a bit. It is. I think that as New Yorkers, we're rushing around thinking about our to do list, and so um, I mean. Perhaps I should speak only for myself. I'm always rushing around thinking about my to-do list. <laughs> no, you're, um, you're speaking about me too. It's fine. Yeah, I, I think I'm not alone in that. And you're so definitely I think not. There's something wonderful about being given an opportunity to sit and monotask. I mean, to me, this is also, I think, one of the things that makes theater increasingly important all over again is you sit in and amongst a group of people and share an experience with them. And so in subway plays, we're asking you to share an experience with a group of strangers, often with people who don't know that you're listening to a play. Uh, so let's say um, with strangers who don't know that they're in on the experience with you. Exactly. Hello, Augusta Boal, Invisible Ex- Theater. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> it is cool. very sort of Invisible Theater esque, although we're not playing tricks or you know manipulating anybody right, to do right, things. Right. Right. Um, so it's not candid camera, for example. <laughs> but um, it really is a chance to be in New York and appreciate New York without rushing past it. And to me, I used to live in Sunnyside, and uh, I used to love riding the seven train, and I used to love people watching. So for me, this is also a chance to just people watch. And I think New York is one of the greatest cities in the world for people watching. Is that why you picked uh, the seven line because of your your former Sunnyside connections? Uh, because it felt like as I was listening to it, this would probably be hard. I would be I need to listen to the L line uh, podcast because that one takes place completely underground as opposed right. to the seven and N trains because uh, those are the three lines, listeners. I don't think I mentioned that yet, but it's the seven, the N, and the L. So. Um, that was what struck me. So I, I started to think, like, wait a minute, why choose the L then? So I see why you chose the seven, right. maybe the N. What, what, made, what made you pick these three lines? Well, I chose the seven because I've always, it's my favorite train line in, this, in the entire city. Um, uh, I and, live on the seven. I got I to gotta give yeah. a shout out. I love yeah, we the had, Mets joke. Represent, yes, exactly. The, the Mets joke in the seven line play was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. 
Well, and I asked Jenny Lynn to write the Seven Train play because she has worked for many years with Theater 167 and they were based in Queens. She's also a huge Mets fan. Um, so she rides the Seven Train a lot and is very familiar with the Seven Train and all the stops. And But, um, you know, I've spent many, many years getting off at particular, going to... Um, various neighborhoods along the seven line and getting out and feeling like I'm going to completely different parts of the city and really loving that experience. Right. And so she and I spoke about what it's like to ride the train and who's on it and who gets on at certain stops and who gets off at certain stops. And um, I was always struck, too, that if you rode the train at sort of midnight or one in the morning, you were often riding the train with busboys studying English. So they'd probably worked a double shift and they were still working, you know, or with mm -hmm. people who were falling asleep on the subway because they just couldn't stay awake anymore. Which is a component of the uh, play I just listened to. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. Um, the L train I chose because, again, I spent a lot of time riding the L train. Uh, and it's a train I love and it feels very different from the 7 train. Um it's got a completely different group of people riding it. It's got a different rhythm. Um, and I guess I mean that literally in terms of the train on the track, but also the rhythm of people speaking and um, who's on the train, the average age of the uh, train rider on the, on the L. Uh, Which is so fascinating because I mm -hmm. feel like they're so simpatico in the fact that they're the two crosstown trains that come right. to mind. Like when I think of the map of New York and I think of trains that run east-west, it's like, well, we got the 7, we got the L. Nothing else really does that. Well, yeah, right. Well, in Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the N train, uh, I, Jesse Bear, who wrote that uh, uh, play, lives on the N line. And I've been out to her house several times. And again, I find Astoria to be a really interesting place um, where I didn't live because when my husband and I were looking for an apartment there, we are an interracial couple and we were turned down by several landlords because we're an interracial Holy couple. Yeah. Cow, really? So I, yeah, yeah, back wow. in the early 90s, yeah. So I never lived in Astoria, but I, I love going there and I find it, I, I, I do love it as a neighborhood. So I said to Jesse, why don't, because I also knew she just rides that train every day. So I said, why don't you choose that train line as your train line? And uh, so they each then rode the train line, you know, a number of different times, wrote these gorgeous plays. Um, we recorded them and then rode them uh, millions of times, I feel, <laughs> um, to be able to work on the timing. The other thing that I'll say that I think is um, particularly interesting about these plays, and I believe it's a dramaturgical structure that doesn't exist elsewhere. Um, when Jesse and I did fairy play together, um, we decided to start that the play would go from Manhattan to Staten Island and Staten Island to Manhattan. And when people started experiencing fairy play, I think several people living on Staten Island feel that it's kind of Manhattan-centric. That, you know, wait a minute, why can't I start in Staten Island? You know, right. is this play just for people who are tourists riding the ferry? That's a great point. 
It is a great point. And uh, of course, as a Manhattanite, I hadn't thought of that. I was just thinking about my own experience of the ferry, which always starts in Manhattan. So when we started working on subway plays, I said to all the playwrights, okay, I don't want this to be borough-centric. So can you write a play where you can, for example, on the 7 train, start at 74th Street, and Act 1 takes you from 74th Street to Times Square, and Act 2 takes you from Times Square to 74th Street? And can that same play also have Act 1 be Times Square to 74th and Act 2 be 74th to Times Square. Right, right. So that was a particular challenge that I gave to these writers, and each of them came up with a different solution to that um, request. (laughs) But I think that there are very few plays that, um, that have that structure where you can listen, you can start with Act 2 or start with Act 1 or, you know, Act 2 then becomes Act 1, whatever. You can listen to it in either order. And it's always fascinating to me to do that with these plays. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about it as I was uh, listening on the way back. There's some references to what happened on my way out to 74th Street. And yes. I was thinking, oh, wow, but I could listen to this the other way. I kind of want to go back and do it again, listening to it the opposite way and see uh, just what the difference, uh, I guess, reception of the play would be like for me. Um, listening to it in that order. Yeah, it becomes a very different story. I'm not going to, no spoiler alerts, I promise. But um, (laughs) uh, the story, you interpret the story one way if you start in Times Square, and you interpret the story another way if you start at 74th Street. Ah. Yeah. So with those, I mean, that's why we did these three lines. So Mm -hmm. uh, what about, uh, are there plans for future... Uh, are there going to be updates to the app with future lines, I guess is the right question to ask. There may well be. I mean, I'd actually love to do something for the new Q line. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, I'm, uh, I have to confess at the moment, uh, doing three plays at once was a lot. Um, and <laughs> so adding to it would be doable. But I think I'd like to add one line at a time. Um, because doing all three lines together was really a lot, although very useful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason eventually not to have the entire, uh, subway system on the app, which is again, one of the advantages of having the app as the format. Um, New World Theater will just send you the audio clip and you can do it whenever because it's only one recording. But right. when Jesse and I did Fairy Play, we realized we wanted two acts, which meant two audio clips, which meant we felt that we needed to have an app as the delivery system. Um, and with Subway Plays, there are three plays, each with two acts, so it's six audio recordings. So. Um, but that's the other great thing about an app is you can always send an update. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Well... The, I look forward to that. I hope it happens. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, the other <laughs> thing I have to say is that once we decided to release these plays in the app world, um, I felt we had to price them in the app world. So, right. for example, New World Theater charges $15 for each of their pod plays. Um, oh, wow. And, but when I, I couldn't see releasing an app in the app store 
for $15 because in that environment, it would seem, although that seems inexpensive for many theater tickets, it's very expensive for an app. So suddenly we have, you know, a trilogy of plays for the subway that cost less than a dollar each. Right, um, which, well, I mean, uh, to me it makes sense. Uh, you you right. do have, you're going to have a much larger um, ticket base, I hope. Right, um, me too. Because of the, the, the longer slash uh, open-ended run right, <laughs> that you right. have, given that you're doing it in this format. And it, it's also, you know, it's a really good incentive to, to pick it up. Like, I, I didn't feel any sort of uh, hesitation to say, like, oh, Two ninety nine, three plays I can listen to on the subway. This, yeah, why wouldn't I drop that? That sounds great. Right. So, it's uh, I don't know. I think it's a that's the right price point for something like this. I think it just also makes this kind of theater more accessible. So you you know you're in the public space. You're paying a relatively affordable price. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone in the world can afford two ninety nine for a trilogy of plays, but um, but the truth is, actually, most people who have a smartphone will be able to afford it. Um, and it's only 24 cents more than what you would pay just to take one subway ride. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 So I think uh, it's kind of great to make this kind of theater available to everyone in the city. So this kind of theater is available right now. Um, folks can find it on, I know it's on the iTunes store. Is it also in Google Play? Um, it is on Amazon. So if you have a, um, yeah, so what is, is that Google Play? No. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know the Android system, but could you, you can get yeah. it on most so uh, smartphones? So it's available for Android and it's available for Apple products. If you have a Windows really? phone, you can email us and we will figure out how to get you the audio clips or a version of the app that's useful for a Windows phone. Does anyone have a Windows phone anymore? Is that still a thing? We haven't heard from anyone who has a Windows <laughs> phone. Um, so this is not a tech podcast, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think most people are doing it on an Apple or an Android. Yeah. Brilliant. So yeah. where can folks go to uh, to find a link to get the plays? Is it on the This Is Not A Theater Company website? It is. So if you go to www.thisisnotatheatercompany, theater with R-E, dot com, uh, you will find our website. And then if you click on productions, it will say Subway Plays, and all the links and reviews and everything will be there. And um, you can, um, it, it will say buy now iPhone, buy now Android, and you can click there and get to the appropriate app store um, to purchase it. Brilliant. Yeah. Aaron, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, thank you for a really fun and uh, unique way to experience a play. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Aaron, for taking the time to chat and for recording your own audio for me. You can find This Is Not A Theater Company's Subway Plays for both Apple, iOS, and Android. Search for Subway Plays or simply head directly to thisisnotatheatercompany.com, and that's theater with an R-E for a link to buy them. It's just $2.99 for three plays, which is a pretty sweet deal. 
Another quick reminder, as you've heard before at the end of episodes of this podcast, if you're listening to this, you're likely involved in the independent theater community in New York in some way, and that means you really should be a member of the League of Independent Theater. Head to litny.org to learn more about the group's current activities and to join. Membership is free for artists and companies. Get involved. And thanks to you, as always, for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please give it a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. Until next time, go see or listen to a show. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you so much. All right. Now I'm going to turn this off. Yeah.